first thing, Kev, I've got to ask you about the West Didsbury Comedy Festival. Um, this West Didsbury, if you don't know, is in Manchester, and it's the western part of Didsbury, obviously. Yeah. What's going on, and why did you decide to do it? Well, I'm glad you finally got round to asking me, because yeah. we've been talking for at least five seconds before that. Um, so, yeah, Manchester, um, great comedy heritage. Um, some of the greatest comedy in the world has come out of, of Manchester, going going right back as well. You know, there's a, such a comedic history here, and there isn't a comedy festival, or n- not a solely comedy dedicated open to all comedy festival so that was kind of the main thing that's been mm. you know rankling me for a little while to be honest yeah. with you oh, right. okay um but also i don't want to go on about this for too long because i know it's not what we're here really to talk about yeah. but it's your fault you yeah. started it yeah um it's kind of it, trying to create a festival that feels like a festival as well that's what's really important to me and there's some amazing stuff all over the UK that's like these month-long affairs and you can do it in Edinburgh you get millions of visitors and stuff like that Um, and that was kind of a model that Manchester had tried to copy in the past Um, for me though what I wanted was quite a it's West Didsbury Comedy Festival it's a small area Mm -hmm. but to bring literally some of the best collection of comedians that have ever come to Manchester at one time before to a small area so it actually feels like a bit of an event you know like there's actually something going on you can we've got eight venues in West Didsbury all around Burton Road um, which for anyone that knows that area is like really independent and quite you know funky and loads going on there anyway Um, but you know the sort of thing where you can be in a gig and look at the brochure and go oh there's another one over the road in half an hour let's drop into that one you know and sort of be somewhere for a whole weekend that was really important to me okay and it, it's taking place in, in April and it, is it just over a weekend or a week or yeah 24th 25th 26th of April um, launch on the Friday night with three gigs the first one of which is sold out that's Robin Ince at the Woodstock um, oh, cool. although if um, the, the landlord has told me he's going to have a dig around out the back and see if he can find some more seats Okay. So if he does find some more, there might be a couple it's, more. It's just Robin Hintz, Brian Cox not not coming. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, just but um, I, I mean that's sort of the but Robin is hilarious. Let's put it that way. Oh, you know? right, yeah, one of the best there is, and I mean that's the whole way the festival's gone. Is like these massive names have really got behind the ethos of it as well. Mm-hmm. Have come into yeah. play 120 seater gigs when normally you're going to see Robin at the Lowry. You know, yeah. doing you know thousand seater venues basically. Yeah, and the other thing is that there has been a Manchester Comedy Festival in the past, but nobody knew when it was on. Well, that's the main <laughs> thing, yeah. And with this, we're sort of trying to create a, a bit of a stir of mm-hmm. the other idea of jamming it in over, you know, proper daytime gigs on the go, you know, like a yeah. real festival. Yeah. We've got yeah. Sophie um, Duca, we've got Seymour Mace, Boothy Graffo, Tony Law, people like this you can go and see four, five, six o'clock in the afternoon and then yeah. still see great stuff afterwards as well. All right. Well, g- give us some flyers off. I'll dish them around yeah, the book. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, if you got... And, and I'll be playing a gig in a chippy. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, no, I love that. I love that. I love the whole festival thing of be- being able to just play a gig like that and people just go, wow. Because it's so hard to get people in gigs and it's just like, look, there it is. Yeah. In your chippy. It's next door. Look, it's on the street there. It, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's Sunday chi- afternoon. It, you know? It's the chippy on Burton Road. It is a fantastic fish and chip shop anyway. It's sort of, you know, a 
cut above your, your greasy version you yeah. might find here and there but but yeah little stuff like that we're doing as well you know which is yeah hopefully people will grab hold of the uh, the whole idea behind it really right okay well th- th- this that's the prelude to the podcast this is going to be called <laughs> do you remember because that's that's what it's all about because let's face it to lots of comedians have made an entire career i'm just saying oh do you remember this do you remember that so we thought we'd pick a different year every time okay and uh the scary thing is we picked the year 2000 and that's now 20 years ago i know how terrified are you kev i don't well it, yeah you mentioned I mean, obviously, being someone that likes to think of themselves as a little bit creative, my memory is bloody awful anyway, you know, and almost yellow with what happened last week. Um, But randomly, Doing a little bit of research, obviously. Yeah, year two thousand. Some of the stuff like that I've you see, you like was that? Yeah, was, was that years twenty ago? years ago? Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, I, I think I had grey. No, I didn't have any grey hair then. <laughs> I had brown hair. Uh, <laughs> How old are you? Oh, fifty three. <laughs> so uh, I think I was probably about a stone lighter and, and had uh, no grey hair. That's that's the only difference. Um, yeah. So the year two thousand. Um, Tony Blair was in power and uh, people were, you know, calling him bloody Tory, bloody sellout. What what a horrible leader he was. And then let's go forward 20 years to see what's in power now. Oh, nostalgia isn't what it used to be, is it? I I mean, I I, I yearn for the days of that bloody Tory Tony Blair in charge. Okay, so there was there was the war thing, you know, the the little war, the little lying about a war, sexing up a dosser, you you know, dossier stuff like that. But no, it it it, it's scary, isn't it, that you think of the uproar that there was at the time and the the hatred and. And, and the vilification that people had and uh, sorry I'm sure people will disagree but I would literally swap like the well maybe any <laughs> even last year's politics almost wouldn't you for what every day it seems to I would I would swap that. today's politics for John Major yeah <laughs> <laughs> those great days of yeah. John Major hey well you knew <laughs> you knew where you stood then didn't you <laughs> there, at least there was uh, definitely maybe the Okay, the the bat's never quite been straight. You couldn't say they've ever had with a straight bat, but you know it was a bit. At least they weren't telling you it was straight. You knew it was bent then, and they when they got caught, they'd be yeah. This is the thing. In the year two thousand, kids, if a politician got caught lying, he would resign. Well, or go to. (laughs) Prison. Some yeah. actually went to prison around that time as well, didn't they? Yeah, there was just that chap Jeffrey Archer. Whatever happened? I know. You, you know. Imagine when they got yeah called out and in trouble for what they did. So, no. so, t- yeah, uh, yeah. Halcyon t- days. Of Tony was Tony Blair was doing okay in the year two thousand. It was about five years later when the. God told him to uh, tell a few lies and have a war, I think it was. But we'll have to check that one on the computer. <laughs> when, 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 did we, when did we go to war? Which time did we go to war in Iraq that time? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the, uh, I, I don't know. Oh, well, it's Iran this time. Yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> yeah, good old Trump, he's having... World War Three, and the British Prime Minister will stand firmly behind him when that one kicks off. No, it, oh, it, God. It is, it is bloody scary. And, and I think I did ha- actually have a little peek to see what our 
friend Mr Farage was up to in, in the year, in the year 2000, 2012 what, investment so, banker I'm going to guess at investment no no he, he was at the uh, at UKIP at, at the time he resigned from his position at UKIP in 2000 though only then to return a few years later so but um, it was he's been an MEP since 99 so just the year before so very, just, you know just, just 21 years just in, the 21 years of getting paid by the institution which he despises so much which to be fair to Farage yeah. isn't that how we all go to work yeah yeah that's a, that's a very good point yeah although I if I were to stand up in the company where I work and lo- lobby the lads in the warehouse to walk out they'd just brain me well, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't tried to bring my company down yet no <laughs> I shall, I shall leave waving a plastic flag. Yeah, exactly. As, that. Exactly. As, that. as the boss threatens to punch me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, and uh, yeah, the year, so the year two thousand, um, we had uh, lots of celebrations because that was an epoch-making year. God, don't things change? Yeah. Like so when we had lots of celebrations, we had a thing called the I'm Millennium Dome. This opening ceremony. The Queen already has been doing a number of things before she got to the dome on her private barge. Just before that, she lit the London Beacon, which is part of a whole Millennium Beacon, where flames and torches all over the length and breadth of the British Isles have been lit to commemorate the Millennium. And before that, she was at prayer at Southwark Cathedral on the river, and she also visited a homeless shelter, part of her observations of this millennium. It is along the Thames River in Greenwich. It is the size of two Georgia domes, to give you some sense of what it is equal to in this country or in the United States. My favorite stat fact of the entire millennium, actually, is that somebody said if you turn this over and put it right under Niagara Falls, it would take 12 minutes to fill up. Uh, It is a giant theater there in the center. The people are cheering. There are about 12,000 invited guests there tonight, and then it is a theme park all around with 14 different centers that reflect science and parts of British life and faith and uh, medicine and a number of things. It is a participatory place where people can come and tour these various centers as well as see uh, theatrical acts uh, in the middle. We are told uh, that the Queen is going to have a few remarks at this Millennium Dome, she has not said anything today, and this will be her opportunity to give a New Year's message to the United Kingdom. You know, with all due respects to Paris, and it was a fantastic show there, the British say they're going to have a bigger show come midnight than any place else in the world. We'll see if they make good on it. But the Queen will spend midnight at the Millennium Dome with these 12,000 invited guests. And the major firework show is going to go on along the Thames. Yeah, so I, I was thinking about this. Do you, do you remember? Do you ever been to the Millennium Dome? Do you know, I haven't. My my mother has tra- traversed it. Gonna, you can climb over the top. Oh, my mum's done that. <laughs> I mean, was she protesting against something? <laughs> yeah, she really hated Tony Blair back in <laughs> She was she was furious uh, about what was going on there. Um, but it's isn't it like an O2 now? It is an O2 now. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm lose track. Well, it, it's a me- yeah. So I, I've I've been to the O2 that is there. So I'm, that's it. Yeah, I'm sure that's what. So it's a large into. dome made out of canvas. It is. Yeah, is you know, which it, a lot of people were worried at the time. Many people would have called that a tent. Well, yeah, it did. <laughs> and but we wouldn't have had the great 
uh, robbery from it as well, which wasn't 2000, so we shouldn't talk about that. No, that was where the, the jewel heist took place as well. But um, no, I do remember the controversy surrounding it. I mean, it's uh, again, you can see how far we've, we've come in our politics since then, can't you, of a huge waste of money and oh, public yeah. outcry over it. and On a, on a vanity project yeah, exactly. <laughs> in London. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'd be thing. crazy if that happened today, <laughs> wouldn't it? So uh, the, the dome got built. I remember at the time people asking Peter Mandelson, because um, Tony Blair had an unelected advisor who told him what to do, can't tell things change. And he, he, just, he just waved all the journalists away and went, the, the dome will be a success. It will be built. And that's it. You just... You don't bother with you know, opinions. You just uh, just tell people it's going to be a success. Rule Britannia. Shut up. Well, he <laughs> obviously took inspiration from the film uh, Field of Dreams and the kind oh, yeah. of uh, build it and they will come approach. Yeah. And uh, it's to be fair, it probably has. But I think one of the major controversies was around the developer building a load of homes on the site because. Oh. You know, heaven forbid someone might try and build some new housing in the, the oh, UK. Right. You so know, did, did they build a house? So yeah, oh, yeah, they made an absolute ton of money. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> oh fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, they, they built it in, um, you know, people laugh at the north. I mean, to get to Manchester, it's probably quicker from the centre of London than trying to get to the Millennium Dome, isn't it? Yeah. I think you can be in Edinburgh quicker I, on I, the train. I, I think that... I, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it, where kind of the... The people demand you do something, and you kind of you don't you wouldn't wish that position on anyone of trying to come up with what we're going to do. It, it, there's all it's an angle to ridicule, isn't it? And obviously you'll have your opposing press. Whatever idea you came up yeah, with yeah. would be you know absolutely lampooned. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, big gig, obviously. And there, I mean, technically. In 1999, obviously, that the celebration... Well, I know they don't end at midnight. They no, do no. continue past the midnight... Yeah. Yeah, past that midnight hour, which I did wonder about. But no, um, I... Do you remember where you were? In, anyway, for yeah, the millennium... Yeah, I, I was yeah, yeah. in a... This is, this is going to be crazy, Kel, oh, God, I was in a house in, in West that? Didsbury <laughs> drinking cans of lager. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> it's like... It's like, could I be any crazier? Oh, my... It's almost like... Is that... <laughs> This is quite. This is like um, quantum leap or something. Oh, I know. Them, really. Oh God, it is. It's amazing. I mean, how far have I travelled? <laughs> <laughs> well, we said how far has politics come in the yeah. last twenty years. Let's and look at your life, Rona. Set myself some fireworks, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just met my uh, future partner a year before, and we're still together. So. Uh, well, well, well done me for, for finding somebody who put up with me a, a um, beautiful story I'm waking yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like um, what do you do with your life went to work got drunk did some comedy um, yeah. anything else mm, not really uh, didn't affect the world in one tiny iota shouted at the a lot yeah my, my life was quite different I mean to make this you know about, about ourselves why not um, so I was actually down in London for the millennium Celebrations, trying to find a, a spot on oh, the, oh. the Thames of where you could see the the, 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 see the fireworks. The future, display. the future was going to turn up any well, minute. I know it was. It was on the Thames. It was going to come down in a flotilla, um, and that bit is on the backside a few years later as well, didn't it? Mm. But um, yeah, they um, trying to find a spot on the Thames for that sort of. They're just copied the same celebration every year since yeah. <laughs> obviously it is all around the London Eye from that point yeah. forwards um, disappointingly there was 
huge concern of people being too drunk so all the shops were being told to stop selling alcohol mm-hmm. like an, an hour before you know in the true spirit of a British yeah. celebration yeah. you know of not wanting to, to ruin it for anyone um, and uh, yeah so it, it was quite a hazy night obviously to be honest but 23 years old back then that was uh, my word I was, I was right idiot yeah <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, and then there's some boats went around the Thames in the future turn. Mark the birth of the new century, the river of fire on the Thames, fireworks all over the country. This great stream of high-moving fire going at the speed the earth turns. Difficult to distinguish there, I must admit, from the fireworks. Turning, in theory at any rate, at the very speed of time. This is BBC One, a happy new year. And, there you uh, go, and you woke up the next morning going, "Well, um, you know, uh, how, any spacemen, people in jetpacks, hoverboards." I, 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 yeah, I did. <laughs> no. Had my my special boots on so I could fly to work the next, yeah, the next week. Um, or the, also, the, to, let's segue it back in. The main fear was the next day that the Millennium, millennium Bug was going to hit. Oh, um, don't! Wasn't the Millennium Bug lovely today? <laughs> who who? Who would have thought the Millennium Bug? Now, what sort of bug have we got these days? <laughs> well, we've got one named after a brand of lager. We've got the coronavirus. I know. Y2K but sounds in, like in, the, in a, the future we would have no diseases. It, it, yeah, it was Y2K, which could does sound like an Alco pop to be fair. It's almost yeah. like they have continued the branding somewhat. So, what was it going to be? The Millennium Bug? Were all the computers in the world going to switch off because they would have to knock over to the year? Uh, 2000 and they'd go 1999 oh my god I'm confused what do I do right I'm powering down I'm good well, I will switch back to the year zero <laughs> but then the computer would be confused because it would realise it was only invented in about 1945 exactly in Manchester University by a former next door neighbour of mine who's oh, died okay. but uh, since but uh, you know um, that was an entire room full of it, and I mean, he, he was just going, ah, it's rubbish, size. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure I've got a, seven, uh, a reel of tape somewhere with the original computer on so it. So does it all go back to what was inputted on that very first, because... I'm, I'm really no idea. It, but I, <laughs> I, I'm getting confused about what computers actually do and how they're made, aren't they? I'm yeah. imagining that they were kind of all like a dolly the sheep. Yeah. They were all bred from that one... Like that computer <laughs> had to make with another. Like this laptop in front of me now is yeah. like a, a great, 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 you know, grandson of the. They would, the that would, there would be sentient beings in that case and would have <laughs> taken over and we'd, we'd have War of the Planets uh, by now, I'm sure. Okay. No, but I, I think um, I was reading an article where apparently there's loads and loads of work done behind the scenes, absolutely loads of work behind the scenes to make sure that the main computers didn't knock back to year zero or whatever it would be but I think somebody also pointed out that you just have to sort of press a button and just nudge it on to 2000 turn it off and turn it on again yeah yeah. <laughs> what would happen is uh, a man in a Guns N' Roses t-shirt would come down the stairs with a ponytail yeah. and he would go uh, put it off switch it back on again yeah. and he'd go back to reading his Marvel comic uh, yeah <laughs> and again it was uh, yeah kind of the I guess the power of the the press at the time to sort of ridicule a situation that yeah probably thousands of people did an awful lot of work on yeah. to ensure that the planes didn't drop out of the sky for the world the millennium bug has it struck or hasn't it 
25, 35 minutes from now, we'll know what's happening in this country, what's happened over all the rest of the world. Those bugs are going to crawl all over our computers and make the planes fall out of the sky. Are they doing it or not? Well, now let's look at our bug watch map. Here it is. And the big threat really seems to be in Japan. Nothing much has happened in Southeast Asia. But when you get to Japan, the bug seems to have struck, possibly struck in two places, two really rather serious incidents uh, at Ishikawa and Onagawa, both of them nuclear power plants. At Ishikawa, and the radiation monitoring system has failed uh, just outside the actual nuclear reactor itself. That happened at midnight. It hasn't been put right. They don't know whether it's bug related. At the Onagawa power station, alarms sounded after midnight, but they seem to have put that right. Also in Japan, 38 earthquake seismic sensors seem to have failed since midnight. Again, they can't be sure whether that is bug-related or not. Yeah, we're being told they were idiots by the red tops. Yeah, I know. But then again, your average pilot can actually take manual control of his computer. No. Of his, of his plane, surely, and just, like, go, yeah, I'm flying to Heathrow. Yeah, but it's I've not... done this trip a million times. I know where Heathrow is. No, but <laughs> if the computer stops working, it's not, not like you can switch to pedal mode or something, no. is it? <laughs> well, I, I, think they, they have a, I, think, I think they have an override. Otherwise, it wouldn't be much use for a pilot. No, uh, But anyway, um, so that's a, and we also had the Millennium Bridge which was built as a stupid vanity project in London, and didn't work because it wobbled too much. Well, it worked as a bridge. I'm going to back these guys up again. I see see the position I've taken during this chat is just to defend everything that was really shit. Uh, But it is way better than it is now. I would welcome a wobbly bridge in London if that's the biggest concerns that we had there at the moment. Um, Yeah, it was too wobbly. Um, they had to close it, and um, yeah, that again was ridiculed massively, obviously, wasn't it? It really started moving sideways and slightly up and down, rather like being on a on a boat. Yeah, it felt unstable, and it was very windy, and I remember it had lots of flags up and down the side, so you could definitely... There was something going on sideways, it felt, maybe. Which, which was all fun, and um, so... Yeah, Tony Blair actually won three elections, and um, yeah, <laughs> looks like looks like wonder wonder times now. Yeah, it does a bit. Three three elections to match, um, and he, he he had a you know you have your leader there with his unelected sidekick, and then a, a cast of idiots <laughs> behind him. You know, John Prescott. <laughs> Do you remember the day John Prescott got got to be a deputy leader and? For a bit, Tony Blair was ill, and he had to like do conference speeches at the Labour Party conference <laughs> uh, to lead it. And it was just like uh, it was like somebody kind of um, who'd walked into a theatre to do a bit of maintenance and I accidentally walked onto the stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and people staring at me. Oh, quick, uh, say something! Uh, and oh no, uh, Labour politics, all oh, cracky. <laughs> so. If, um, and you, you kind of get that all the time, and with every government, and they get they kind of get their their A team, if you will, or their, their first eleven, and then one by one they either sack them or fire them, or they get caught in a park with a rent boy or doing drugs or something, and one by one all the A team go until you, until you get this complete cast of goons and the prime minister is you know peddling popularity You're like crazy. But I, th- I think the current one, Johnson's got got rid of the, the A team first and just yeah. got the goons in. Yeah, right in <laughs> the off game, <laughs> yeah. around. It is, yeah, it's like a football team set up, isn't it? You sort of uh, start 
start with your dream team yeah. and then they're slowly decimated by by, by injuries injury <laughs> uh, found out to be paedophile you know, <laughs> the usual stuff that happens yeah. in football yeah, football teams yeah. you know oh he's he's got a paedophile injury yeah. oh, you know, which is which is funny what's he pulled this time yeah. oh, don't talk about who's, who's the player who's just come over to this country who's got a 15 year old wife oh um, oh Pedro there's an awful joke on about <laughs> I'm it, guessing Pedro file <laughs> but just the R uh, not needing to be there basically yeah. so he's come from a country where you can marry a girl aged 12 and it's like Nope, she's got to be 16. <laughs> it's kind of like Prince Andrew in reverse, isn't he? <laughs> it, it, it is like that, yeah. <laughs> We're actually, who is off to play football in Brazil quite soon. Oh, right? good, yeah. <laughs> You're just signing Prince on. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for um, FC um, Brazilia or whoever. Uh, Flamengo. There, there pluck, you go. Yeah. Pluck, pluck out Brazilian team. <laughs> or oh, somebody. Um, so, yeah, that, that was um, the way things were going. And um, Cherie Blair, um, woman with mouth like post box, but you, you can't see who's anybody looking like a post box these no, days. Of course, so that's wrong now. Uh, she was fined for not having a ticket on a train to Luton, and she only had Portuguese money. Yeah, I mean, what was she going to do in Luton with only Portuguese money anyway? Is, that, is surely the biggest question. Uh, why the hell were you going to loot? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's you're right. right. Yeah, <laughs> that is the biggest question. Why, why are you coming Luton? there? <laughs> I spent an, an evening once in Luton. I said, hey, it must be great here. And everybody went, no, it's shit. Everybody goes out in London. <laughs> and there was a town square, as I recall, and Weatherspoons. Yeah. Appeared to be Luton. Oh, so it's it was really good back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weatherspoons. Uh, it uh, didn't have too many tramps in it, and um, not not many dead or homeless people on the streets. So, yeah. yeah, she. Um, yeah, she only had Portuguese money as you would do. Couldn't find. Uh, couldn't find a card machine either. Which obviously, I know. Imagine that these days. You wouldn't yeah. get away with that excuse uh, anymore. No, would you? no card machine and. Portuguese money as well, aren't they in the Euro now? I don't think they are. I think they are what? still. Oh, yeah, right. I, think, I think they're still on their uh, own independent streak, and uh, which we obviously wholeheartedly yeah. support. <laughs> yeah. You know, good on them. We are following the Portuguese model at the moment, um, which ironically, their um, I believe their leader's partner was found on a train in Portugal, <laughs> only with a, uh, a couple of crowns and a, a half pence on them, just the oh, other week. So. Dear, I hope they resigned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, other things happening in the year 2000, uh, in the headlines, General Pinochet was arrested. As well. And I, I was unaware that he was even alive, as most people were, and going, what the hell's a dictator doing? So I think the story was, he was in Spain, okay, and he couldn't We'll have to check this one out. I may be talking... Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're I think he was in Spain on, and the yeah. Spanish wanted to arrest him for being quite bad when he was in Chile. Okay. Like having thousands of people murdered uh, because they didn't it's like him. Naughty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he got put in after the coup against um, Allende, wasn't it? Um, well, the CIA had a coup in 1973 in Chile in which they shot all anybody who was against the extreme right. Okay, so, your, your knowledge is far exceeding mine. Yeah, well, I think I think every word you say. No, they lined him up in the football stadium and shot them. The uh, the right right wing hunter, um, well, death squads basically. 
put Pinochet in charge. Pinochet uh, sided with the West, so he was our man in Chile. No, no communism there. No, uh, and um, was big pals with Margaret Thatcher. Of course. So, so um, he then uh, Maggie said, you, "You know, you can't, you can't do that and send him back home to where there's a different government who wants to try him for crimes and you know having lots of people murdered because that would be bad." Uh, Maggie said he was a really nice chap, old General Pinochet, because he helped us against the Argies in '82. Oh, in the Falklands of War, it's going to be about the Argies. Of course, it yeah. was. I didn't see that coming. And um, but he, he did get extradited in the end, where he, he was like two days from death, apparently. So <laughs> it was like, oh, that's convenient for everybody. So um, lovely, lovely Margaret Thatcher there, um, and somebody even better than Margaret Thatcher was Harold Shipman. Four months earlier, after a worried GP had expressed concerns about the high number of deaths among Shipman's patients, a secret police inquiry was ordered by the local coroner, John Pollard. Originally I was approached by uh, a local general practitioner in the Hyde area uh, and she felt that she had been signing rather more second cremation certificates than would normally be the case, where the first signature was that of Dr. Shipman. Oh, oh yeah, trust, I know about trust Harold, Harold Here we go, yeah. back onto something I know about. This, this is from around here, this is... Yeah, it's local news. Isn't oh, it? yeah, oh, yeah. This is chip paper stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> good old Harold... This is it. You did just take it on. How northern are we around here? You know, you know, there's people in Yorkshire going... Yorkshire Ripper, who's the best ripper in the yeah, world, the yeah. best murderer. There's people over this side of the Pennines going, oh, Shipman, Shipman, it's, it's about numbers. Well, it's, about, it's about quantity, not it, quality. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that, that, that could be argued. We're, um, no, we are, yeah, we're, we're fiercely proud of our, um, you know, mass murderers. Mass murderers, there you go. That's a real word well, for them, Check forgery with injections. Yeah, yeah. good old Harold. I've said it again, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if he did live in Ashton Underline or Hyde oh, or anywhere like that, God, he he got life in prison, guilty of fifteen. Uh, later, after an investigation, it went up to two hundred and fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just such a—I mean—a a ridiculous, like the the serious element of that story for for. To go so long unaccounted, you know, to yeah. not be challenged at any point for your medical record. Again, we can't imagine anything like that happening now, can you? Ooh, no, it's no, all no. tight these days. But, um, yeah, uh, 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 amazing, really, for, to get away with what he was up to for for so long and, re- yeah. and really only to be caught out because of the fraud stuff coming out, yeah. first of all. Because he was getting people to sign a cheque over to him in pencil. And it's like, you know, day one on having a bank account, what you learn at school, you know, we used to have checks. Uh, it's just like, you write your signature in pen. Yeah, you know? yeah. well, obviously, he was targeting a, an elderly yeah. market, wasn't he? Who, uh, yeah. He, he was the young, the young, handsome doctor. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of Harold Trippman, uh, but he, yeah. he wasn't a young, handsome doctor by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, no, and um, the, the odd thing about that was... I mean, he, he did commit suicide in jail. He did. Uh, you know, it's. Um, I think there's a psychological profile of him. It was pure arrogance. Yeah. He couldn't get to the top of his profession. I think he'd done something a bit naughty in the past. And uh, so he set up practice there, and he enjoyed having power over people, you know. And I think once he'd done a few checks, it's like, oh, this is all right. Yeah. Because expect, people expect, oh, this old dear, you know, gave a check to this nice doctor. 
But what he did was, later he went to prison, whereupon prisoners uh, took their ailments to him. Now, if there's one doctor (laughs) that you wouldn't trust, going, Doctor, oh, I'm a bit ill, what would you prescribe for this this sore throat, Mr Shipman? Injection? No. Yeah. (laughs) I I guess it just shows the... uh, yeah, the the desperation in, in prison for some kind of uh, <laughs> entertainment or uh, yeah contact while you're in there that you would oh we've got a new GP up there yeah. oh is that yeah just just down this way <laughs> I guess they were all quite young though and uh, probably. didn't have a chapbook so they were probably oh yeah safe and off of his list weren't they I'd imagine but um, I mean even um, the the suicide thing was uh, you know the criminals were a bit more honourable those days weren't yeah. they you know that sort of uh, Finish, finish the, the the job a little bit. You know, wouldn't hang around too long. Oh, I know. Proper proper criminals in those <laughs> yeah, days. Exactly. We had proper criminals. Anyway, and what should we, should we move move on to? Um, football. Go on then. Let's have a look at that football. Having a look at that. Uh, this the year two thousand was Man United won the league again. Third time in a row. Third time in a row. Was that their second treble? Or it, I, I think I think it must have been the first one back then. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's hardly ever been done. Basically, so it was a massive thing back then. Roy Keane as captain, Umbro made their kit. Sharp was still the sponsor. Um, you also had in the league that year Holston Pills. What, what, what were, were they doing? Um, Who were they playing for? They there's <laughs> <laughs> a new signing from Portugal. Yeah, fourteen uh, year old. Wife. Yeah, for, oh, <laughs> good old Holson Pills. <laughs> but they celebrated that back then, yeah. so it was fine. It was a different yeah. age, different time. Um, I think you had Carlsberg with Liverpool sponsors. You had oh. Newcastle Brown Owl were at Newcastle. Yeah, you know it was proper fo- football, football back then. You football. know, not yeah. that I'm looking at this through beer goggles or rose tinted yeah. goggles or anything like that, but. But everything's a betting company on a, on a team's shirts now. It I, is. Mean, I don't even know who half of them are. No, I think BT Cellnet were sponsoring the team. Wow. You know, it, 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 was, it was, yeah, still proper. Old, and for, I think for United, they're kind of like the, uh, sorry, you can tell which team someone supports yeah. when they call them by their shortened version, can't they? Apologies. Yeah. Um, of course, Spurs were Halston Pills, weren't they? They were, yeah. Mm. Oh, this is going back to great sponsorships. Uh, Nottingham Forest Shipston's Ale from, from Nottingham you see. you see you could have alcohol on a, a sports team's top yeah and it the problems it caused were ignored well most of the team had drunk half a skin full the night before and played like it but they, they it possibly was. still were in 2000 weren't they I think 2000 is one of those years especially with sport as well where if you're of a certain age it feels recent like fairly yeah, recent it does yes, feel yes, like today. a recent year exactly even though it was 20 years ago but the changes that you then spot are yeah. like massive like there's absolutely no way that obviously the alcohol sponsors the way even that yeah players would have conducted themselves and fairly professional still obviously because yeah. Premier League brought all that in I think it was like the what was it the 8th year of or ninth year of the Premier League wasn't it yeah. back then um and then we had, obviously, following on from from that, the ill-fated Euros as well going on with um, your, it, well, poor old uh, 
poor old Kevin Keegan in charge. Yeah, look, luckily it was Euro 2000, so I, I managed, to, managed to remember this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the 96 one, that's where we nearly got to the final yeah. against yeah. Germany. Uh, we should mention 66, because that doesn't get mentioned enough no, no, on a show about no, 2000. No. <laughs> uh, God, I, I remember, just to go back... To Euro 96, that was actually... I thought Manchester. you were going back to 62. No, that was in Manchester. I was in a I house in West Didsbury drinking cans of lager. Pretty, no, I was in a house in, in Withington drinking cans okay, of lager at okay. the time. <laughs> and I remember I went to see uh, Germany against the Czechs, and there were, there were no tickets sold. It was like... It was, you get, on, you're get, talking about Harold Shipman again, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, Shipman could have played on the wing for the Czechs, but um, it, in 96, it was, it was like... £25 a ticket, even £30 a ticket at Old Trafford. Yeah. And the stadiums were empty. Yeah. I remember Jack Charlton on TV going, there's nobody in the ground, you know. And he's looking at Leeds United, nobody in the big stand. I got off the tram, having no ticket, and there's some tout there going, look, just take it off me for 15 quid. <laughs> just, you know, I'm... I'm just, please. Please. So I went in on the, on the end, and we got going on the end with a load of German fans are talking to some guy from Wolverhampton who got a ticket from a tenner, you know. Yeah. Just having, having a laugh with all these German fans. Germany won 2-0. Um, you know, they were good. Samo was the captain, I think. That's all I can remember. I'd had a few Holston pills. And, uh, <laughs> but I remember catching the bus back from Old Trafford to the city centre with a load of German people. It went past the Hume Flats. Right. I don't know if you remember the Hume Flats in Manchester. I do, yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were like uh, the peace convoy had basically taken over these flats in central Manchester. And right. were having a, about a rave which lasted about five years. <laughs> it was just it was just like you go past these flats and it's you into another world of just like blatant dope smoking, caravans on the street. You yeah. Know? And, and it was just like the police just didn't even go there. You know, I knew people who lived there. They had a, had a metal door so nobody else could break in, but they had a council house and never even paid any rent whatsoever. Right. So if you wanted 24-hour rave, no rent, and a drug dealer next door, it was, they have been since demolished. Things have changed. It's good old These days. German people on the bus just looked days. at it and just went, my God, and, you know, they were just like, is this like Manchester? And, yeah. And it was. And it was, you know, it was like... <laughs> yes, this is the good bit. Yeah. Anyway, back to the year Far 2000. Far from being gentrified, obviously, uh, back yeah. then. Back to the year 2000. And, um, yeah, England were clearly favourites to win the uh, Euro 2000s. Yeah, they were, Beckham, Owen. Yeah, Scholes. The, the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. We did all right in the World Cup in 98 in, in France. Baggy penalties. Yeah. Uh, and um, Germany, we were in a group with Germany, who are obviously the old enemy, one, yeah. of, one of many old enemies. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's the enemy. enemy. <laughs> um, Liechtenstein. And, yeah, oh, I hate and, them. Yeah, yeah. God, fucking Liechtensteiners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I see one more Liechtensteiner in Manchester, uh, I'm going to <laughs> And they... Um, well, they've all gone now, obviously. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go, go back and... You, we don't need anybody to work in Costa Coffee. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so that and we were in, a, in a, Germany obviously tough opponents and then we had some minnows of Romania and Portugal yeah because Portugal you know, they can't play football can they no Sherry well, Blair had most of their <laughs> GDP in a wallet you know <laughs> and um, England were shit yeah basically we, we were yeah Portugal I think was the first one and it was like don't worry it's only Romania next yeah and Phil Neville had other ideas about that one, obviously. Yeah, we and um, we three two in the last minute with a penalty against us. 
Was he, he tripped somebody up. He, he, he did give the ball away near the corner flag. I mean, a footballer fouled someone in the penalty area. I mean, obviously, he yeah. should have hung him up from the, the gates of, I don't know, the Romanian embassy or yeah. something as a retribution. Instead, he's been made uh, manager and coach of the uh, England ladies team. England ladies team, yeah. Which is doing a bloody fantastic job. Yeah. It must be said. If you're listening to this in the year 2000, you're still very angry yeah. about what Phil Neville's just done. <laughs> don't worry. Don't um, worry. It, it, it's fine. Yeah. Don't, if you are in the year 2000, England England go on to win many trophies yeah. between then and now <laughs> well, I'm again not understanding computers I'm probably not understanding the way podcasts work as well nah, but, don't, no. matter. <laughs> don't matter don't um, matter I don't understand the way they work it's kind of a radio programme on the, on the interwebs on, on the, well, the worldwide yeah, exactly. worldwide thing um, so yeah England um, went I think it was 2-1 up against Portugal uh they had some guys called Nuno Santo and Dudi and did that did that uh, chap who went on to play R- Pedro. Ronaldo Pedro no. <laughs> Ronaldo did he play in that one I, I, he was probably England, I don't know. England went there one up early on they? Yeah. they scored we scored we thought well you know a bunch of fancy dance we'll show them and then they absolutely dicked England yeah. let's be honest about it well they they took the decision a very unfair and unsporting decision to actually start playing football yeah. at a, a point in the game which um, I mean we obviously we didn't stand a chance from that point forwards so the, the main tactic was based around the fact that no one would really play football against us mm, yeah that, that was a tough one Kevin Keegan was obviously a, a master of just hoping that it would all work out all right, or or wanting it to uh, as his time at Newcastle, you know, was kind of like, well, if I want it enough, then uh, if I we, tell, we if I tell the players they are good enough, yeah, lots of times, yeah, great. Kevin, five minutes away from a quarter-final place, uh, you must be absolutely devastated the way it's turned out. Of course, we're devastated. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, we didn't play well enough, to be honest. Uh, with five minutes to go, you think, well, we could hang on to something here and we'll get better. But uh, it wasn't to be. I've just told the lads in there, you know, the reasons that I think uh, we're on our way home. But uh, it's a shame because the fans were tremendous. You know, we got into a position whereby, you know, we're 2-1 up and they need to score two goals. But we never really got playing as well as we can in this tournament. And, uh, and that, that's the big question mark against us. You know, can we pass it better? You know, can we control a game? And the answer in this tournament, sadly, has been no. We've struggled to do that. And I remember it just basically, it, Alan Shearer was just sort of getting a bit over the hill. But we did beat Germany 1-0 with a header from a, a free kick or a corner by yeah, Alan Shearer. Good old Shearer. I mean, we, we, that paid him back for 96. It, it, it did, yeah. And um, obviously, yeah, paved the way for Keegan to be... I think he lasted a few more months, didn't he? I think. Until he played him. Germany again. Because he, he did the last game at Wembley. Well, the last game oh. at Wembley, this was it, in the year 2000. It was lashing down with rain. And um, some bloke uh, who went on to play for Liverpool, um, what's, it, what's it, and City, yeah. he hit a hopeful free kick from about 40 yards, which skidded in and but, Seaman... Again, very unfair, very unsporting. And yeah. that, that sort of, you know, it's like someone coming to your house party and, and drinking your... Well, it does happen quite a lot. Yeah, and drink all your beer, which you know, or uh, you know, speaking with your girlfriend or something yeah. like that. You know, very, very unfair for them to come along and actually play football against the Kevin Keegan team, yeah. where you know, again, it's sort of based a tactic on. Well, I'm sure they won't, so we yeah. should be okay. 
And uh, at the end, he did an interview where he shocked the nation by going, speaking of the third person, I don't think Kevin Keegan is up for this. Yeah. Effectively sacking himself, (laughs) proving that he's got some kind of split personality going on. Yeah. Um, I I don't think Kevin Keegan is good enough for this job, and Kevin Keegan will resign. It's kind of a trait of England manager. That's a little bit um, Graham Taylor-esque, isn't it? Of Do I not like that? It's kind of similar language and yeah. maybe it's just listening to commentary and punditry all the time that you end up commentating on it yourself I think the fans today when we're coming off you know they they sort of made me realise that not only did they put me in the job but with what they were saying when I was coming off I think they feel it's time for me to go and, 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 and that that's where the power should be and um, I mean as I say the FA have been great and we've been in there for 20 minutes now more support no manager could have had but I've not been quite good enough and I have to accept that well, a bit like Steve McLaren we, we had him as manager at one point yeah you see it's all it's all blur now after, yeah 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 because after 2000 you see in my mind we're in the future and uh, I used well, to know who'd won the FA yeah who'd won Wimbledon with snooker everything but uh, at the time of recording this we're not too sure what what is going to happen obviously um but we did Sven came along that was the the predecessor then yeah yeah the Sven wrong sorry it's the future yeah. I can't even say a word that means yeah. into the future um and yeah first foreign coach and oh God. well actually we've been joking saying you can't imagine that happening now if you haven't picked up on the sarcasm or the, <laughs> the tongue in cheek going on of obviously meaning that is exactly what happens now um, well at least we can genuinely say that we can't imagine a, a foreign <laughs> coach of the England football team anymore because I, no. I think that's uh, we, we've all voted against that haven't we Those yeah that, that, would be, that would be ridiculous because yeah. I mean the Premier League is just littered with great English managers of who are just lined up. Well, it, with, I mean, there's um, um, okay. Well, uh, Liverpool's know. got Klopp and City's got yeah it, Guardiola exactly, and we and, um, and, and England have got that hugely successful player and uh, guy with that great managerial track record currently of uh, Gareth Southgate was the you know the pick oh, of the crop, wasn't it? So yeah, um, I think the. The highest up England manager is at Sheffield United. So <laughs> I'm sure he will be next in line to the. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, mar- marvelous stuff there by, by England as they uh, well found a, a new way of bowing out of a competition by beating Germany and losing to everybody else. Whereas usually they beat everybody else and lose to Germany. True. <laughs> well, at least they're mixing it up a bit. Yeah. A new new decade, a new yeah. start. Why yeah. not? Yeah, Sven came in and I remember they, they beat Germany away 5 1. 5 1, which one is one of the greatest game. results ever. And then lots of people pointed out it, it, it didn't really matter because it wasn't in a tournament. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, you, again, it's one of those positions like British politics where yeah. you can't really, well, well, unless you win. <laughs> no one's tried that, have they? Yeah, no. no one's tried winning to see if that works. But um, no, no you, you 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 can't win. I'm afraid. No, of course, fan. I, I quite like to. I I did. It. It's like he, the press got after him, and they they were saying he had to go, and he had to go, and and it's like he's got no loyalty. He's not English. He's shagging Ulrika Johnson. Yeah, and I mean. These days, you've got somebody like Boris Johnson in charge. You ask him how many children he's got, and he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> in those days, it's like, what, you, you're cheating on your um, Nancy Delolio, or whatever yeah. she's called. Yeah. I'd, I would just be like, if you've got the stamina for that, 
I would applaud. Well, <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, it's he, a, a footballer or a, someone involved in footballer who's, um, yeah, it's a bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of uh, free with their. Yeah. Um, like to get what they like give, give the love to the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sharing the, the love around. Uh, yeah, absolutely ridiculous, I guess. But. Um, uh, yeah, unless you're um, the PM, you wouldn't get away with that. No, I mean, well, Sven got us to t- two World Cup quarterfinals. So he did. Yeah, he managed to win, a, get out of the group, and, w- and win, a, win a, a knockout match win so against, against Colombia, probably. That's yeah, it's normally against. Yeah, because they're rubbish. Aren't they? Last yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, other other stuff um, we had going on were um, well, albums wise. I, th- I thought it was a, a weird time for music, but you never know when you're in a great period for anything. No. Because I remember at the end of the 1990s, and as I uh, I was listening to the radio today, with hits of the 90s, and it's all bands. Yeah. And but you'd think it was. I, I did yeah. that as well. I, I find myself going to, um, yeah, whatever channel it is, yeah, 90s, whatever. Um, and, yeah, you, you'd think it was just all... and and great music wouldn't yeah. you you'd think from it you start to dig a bit deeper though and it's uh, not quite no. what was actually <laughs> successful during that time well there's that whole cool Britannia thing which of I course. found absolutely grated on me yeah but you know um, again well, you'd probably take it now well, you'd, you'd take it <laughs> take it like a shot you know there's there some there's actually some good stuff and I remember thinking this could go down as a great period in music, not as good as the sixties, no. not as good as like the old punk thing in the late seventies and Scar, which I kind of grew up on. Yeah, but still, you know, some darn good bands. <laughs> I remember I was helping out at a radio station, well, Radio Manchester, to give it its, its title, uh, in Oxford Road when it used to be there, and we used to do a sort of a what's on show, and um, you know, you get a press release through, and I think this was sort of ninety nine. Uh, no it must have been earlier than that and it said um, Take That have had a big hit because they're a boy band and for years people laughed at Take That yeah. Steve Wright in the afternoon used to mercilessly take the piss out of them as if there's a chance of them ever having a hit record yeah, yeah. and they said the boys have done it now we're going to have a talent contest to find a, a girl band and call them the Spice Girls and I just I looked at the editor and he just went, oh, we're not covering that crap. That'll never work. Yeah. And I, I could have gone out and interviewed them all. These days, if you mention the Spice Girls, you'd assume there are a lot of drug addicts in Piccadilly Square, yeah, wouldn't you? very true. <laughs> you know? So um, I think the 90s had, had a load of great stuff going on and it, it wasn't a bad time and 2000 was there and everybody was optimistic um, because you'd been told to be by... What, and what Blair did, of course, was he waved the Union Jack, yeah. which appears to work to make yeah. British people vote for something. Yeah, you, I know, you, you've got a, uh, a few it, more people to do that. It seems it, to be a, a magic trick, doesn't it? And a simple phrase like, cool Britannia, that's yeah. it, or make Britain great, or so, that's all you need. Make Britain great again. Yeah. Again, again, <laughs> let's remake Britain, remix the yeah. greatness again, back again. Yeah. Come on. And that's all you that, have. Come on, Eileen. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah. yeah. That'll do as a slogan. <laughs> hit me, baby, one more time. Um, we're the Labour Party. <laughs> I thought bollocks to Brexit was a good slogan by the Lib Dems, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> too much. These bit days, too much. Um, so, music-wise, um, Radiohead brought out Kid A. 
Which, yeah, so uh, that was like chucking out the guitars, really, wasn't it? That was that like was pretty much all. The, would, would you describe it as electronic music? Uh, it or? was like we listened to Doctor Who's Radiophonic Workshop yeah. and decided to make an album of it while the washing machine was on. Yeah, so we couldn't quite hear it properly. And, uh, yeah, thought we could wail over that a bit. Uh, I, I love Radiohead. I, I've got a great amount of time for Tom York and everything they've achieved, apart from the year that I went to see them at uh, Reading Festival, and then they didn't come to Reading Festival. They cancelled a oh dear. couple of days before. Which, if you're listening, Tom, uh, it's quite expensive, that ticket, yeah. uh, when I was 16 oh, yeah. years old, so uh, send that along. So yeah. I will accept a cheque, and I, I won't inject you with anything. How's no. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's the right. So, yeah, I mean, they had... I mean, I like Pablo Honey yeah. as an album. I mean, everybody goes, oh, they were still a guitar band, and they didn't really... And for me, uh, I kind of didn't want to like the Benz because no. everybody else liked it which is just me being perverse but I've got to admit it is a good album yeah and they, they were sort of like for young people listening um, they were still just about the days of like the, the t-shirt bands as I yeah. would describe them whereas like the, the the t-shirts and the look and the sort of the, the culture around a band was still it seemed like it was a really yeah. big thing I'm sure it still goes on and I'm just not party to it yeah, anymore yeah. you know I'm not really not really hanging out with the kids anymore no. saying look at my t-shirt you know it's not no well I mean really previously you'd had that whole thing of like the spiral carpets yeah had the entire country wearing a moo t-shirt and you had a James yeah with those big baggy t-shirts yeah and then we, you had yeah. all like the, the wonder stuff and um, Pop Elite itself and all those Carter USM with yeah, the yeah. EU flag on, yeah. uh, on the front of an album that got to number one imagine that wouldn't happen these days no <laughs> so Radiohead Kid A uh, some people describe it as genius other people just go I've now got off the Radiohead bus yeah <laughs> you know? yeah it it, it 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 seemed it was kind of experimental wasn't it and maybe that was part of what the year 2000 kind of whether it was deliberate by some yeah. musicians and people experimenting with things or not um, obviously not with Coldplay who decided to make yeah. an album completely where they didn't experiment which is actually quite impressive to say to go a whole album without coming up with any new ideas Um, but well well, Coldplay yeah Parachutes was was their big breakthrough album well the first one I must say I did like the song Yellow it it was one of those where you heard it on the radio because people still listen to the radio a lot back what, then. What's that, Grandad? I know, <laughs> on the wireless. Yeah. Uh, we'd all sit round it on a Sunday uh, evening for the one hour that there was a show on. And we'd listen, uh, we'd listen to Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Granny would go, oh, I preferred them in there and Pablo Honey. Yeah. <laughs> I've got me in Spiral Carpets t-shirt on. Um, but no, Yellow was one of those songs. And you get it from time to time, don't you, of where you hear a song for the first time and just think that's you could you like this is something massive that I'm yeah. listening to. This is yeah. like something huge. This is and, and and it was, it was like hugely defining. The car they shine
I don't know, have they quite hit the heights again in the last 20 years of their songwriting? I, I guess there's been a... It was, they were probably... It was all from around that time, though, wasn't it? Like, scientists and other stuff like that. And here I am saying I don't like them. I know the whole back catalogue. No, but, no, but the, I mean, the, the thing is, they're, they're one of those bands that it's kind of... You'd miss them if they weren't there, but when they are there, you think, God, they're a bit bland. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just want another yellow, I guess, or something like that. And, and, and that's the struggle for bands, isn't it? You come out with something so yeah. strong, so iconic, so kind of... God, how many millions of times must that record have been played yeah. that, that year alone? Um, to then try and, yeah, recreate that and come up with, with something new. But, but no, that yeah, I, I remember living in London at the time and, uh, yeah, driving around in my uh, convertible... VW Golf, so I used to rock back in those days. You know, when I had absolutely no responsibility. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God. Oh, God, I miss those times. Yeah, <laughs> life, life, life was your oyster. All you needed it's to. been really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, you got to Wednesday night and the weekend had started and oh, you just started on the beer, really, didn't right. you? Yeah. And, and it's just like, I'll go out on Friday for a quick half, come back on Sunday morning. Having gone to about two gigs and a rave exactly, and a, ended up at somebody's house who he didn't even know. <laughs> like £1.50 a pint. And, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, crazy. Uh, but, but no, yeah, it was, um, yeah, musically, it was um, it was a funny time because I think people felt forced into experimenting because there was the the press, the TV, the, everything else at the time was, would reach this year 2000 like a, a mythical number that so has been what's your statement going to be like Mr Musician you know <laughs> how are you going to mark this you we, can't just do the same old thing it, it was yeah so you know Kylie teamed up with Robbie Williams obviously oh, you wow. know, to make one of the great millennium yeah <laughs> statements what the, mil- oh, did who said millennium? It millennium yeah <laughs> so you know they're really pushing the boundaries but I, I, I thought they were doing it for the kids <laughs> Kylie and, and I Robbie I think and they, Robbie Williams did millennium and that cut. Oh, did they, you not? They sang doing it for the kids. Oh, you're right, they did. Sorry. I just got. It, this was Kylie's big comeback year, though. Oh, it? right. It was okay. 2000. So, as you're obviously fully aware, yeah. Roland, that was, uh, yeah, that, that was when sort of the big. You know, even she thought it's the year 2000. You know, yeah. That, what do we need? We well, need a, a bit of Kylie in the world again. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no, in, interesting times. I, th- I think everyone felt a need, though, to sort of experiment and come back because the the year 2000 was you know for people sort of our age it was that futuristic number yeah. wasn't it, it, it oh, like, yeah. you can't sort of it, it's got something about it way more than you know, I'm sure you'll have a great chat about the year 2011 but there's no, <laughs> no like the year 2000 has probably been an age from 1901 that they would have been oh it's a round number let's talk yeah. about what would the world be like at that time yeah I know uh, and let's they're still playing on the radio let's all meet up in the year 2000 and you're thinking that's from yesterday why I was dancing yeah. to that at the party <laughs> while my two kids go stop dad dancing what, yeah. what's this old rubbish <laughs> what what did you actually think was going to happen in the year 2000 well, but no it, <laughs> it, it was a, you know there'll be old um, science programs probably won't there tomorrow's world where yeah. they probably reference the year 2000 every episode of <laughs> what we'd all be up to um, it was yeah it, it was a year that sort of had great re- reverence and was at the time I recall heralded and there, there was a feel there was an optimism to it yeah. of we are entering 
a new millennium. You know, there's not many people that get to experience that because mm-hmm. they'll yeah. die in the in-between years, you know, but there we were sort of straddling that new age of what will the future yeah. bring and then look at the fucking mess we're in now. <laughs> it's we a, we've got the dawning of a new era right now. Yeah, you know? exactly. Now it's uh, 2020 is the new dawn. And it's, in, uh, in the year 2525, what, yeah. what will they be doing? Well, <laughs> people will be voting for a flag and uh, nobody will know what to do with the economy. <laughs> no, exactly, and how things have changed. As we, and as we I think it was kind of the... It, well, Brit... Brit pop. I know John Robb invented that term, but I think it was the worst term for any musical so-called movement ever. Yeah, you know, it's like it was British, it was pop. Wow, the meeting to put a call with that <laughs> one must have been amazing. Uh, but I, I hated that term. You know, I wish they could have just called it. I don't know, sludge or anything. I, or, I, I guess, but again, that sort of summed up the sort of excitement that there was at the time wasn't it because yeah. it was very much uh, I mean get this people of, of being able to actually be patriotic to a degree and yeah. kind of actually being able to have some sort of pride and excitement about what was going yeah. on maybe it was my drunken soft drug adult brain yeah. at, at the time that was allowing me to join in with that as well and sort of being of an age where you know, I was early 20s back then, so it was obviously everything was yeah. about the future and exciting. Th- but but that, that still existed back then. It was still yeah. possible to go, Britpop, yeah, that doesn't sound massively racist. <laughs> like it would do if someone came up with it. Now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like... Uh, but I got the feeling that there were, people desperately wanted to recreate the swinging 60s. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and nostalgia for an age that never really existed. And then you look at the swinging 60s and go, what was in the charts? The Beatles, the Stones, yeah. and a lot of crap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like the band that had the most hits in the swinging 60s, you'll never guess, British UK hits in the swinging 60s. Go on. Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick and Titch. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Never mind your Rolling Stones or your Beatles. <laughs> The people who had a hit with a legend of Xanadu. Well, you, <laughs> you don't quite appreciate what you've got, do you, until no. it's like 20 no. years later. So, hence why we're probably talking yeah. about Yellow the way that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the other ones which came out, there was a, a band called Outcast, who I'd never heard of. No, me uh, neither. They had an album called Stanconia, and who would have thought that later we'd all be singing along to Hey Ya? I know. Uh, you know, as soon as I saw like, Outcast, I thought there'd be some like, um, you know let's go murder the pigs kind of <laughs> hardcore rap, you know, cruising down the streets in Los Angeles, shooting people yeah. kind of thing. So I thought, it's probably, it's not Brit's pop enough for me. No, you know? it, it, exactly. And then, uh, but yeah. he's a very talented guy, uh, Mr. Mr. Outcast, Mr. Andre, whatever he's called these days. Yeah, and I, I mean, there were, uh, yeah, probably, you know, now coming up with songs that get parodied on, shows like X Factor and stuff like that probably wasn't yeah. the intention back no. in 2000 with the energy and passion that would have been going into it but um, yeah, I thought he would be like Ice T with a name like Outcast yeah, you know? e- exactly that exactly that um, Madonna as well was around wasn't she she was fabulous still t- doing her of music it was called yeah she's a, and, a music album called Music and was I think when she got with Guy Ritchie as well yes this was the year yeah. she married Guy Ritchie yeah and it's like uh, wow 
Guy Ritchie, what, what were you doing, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I know, at the time, wasn't it? We were saying the other way around, like, how did he snag Madonna? And now yeah. we're like, oh, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, were, you were a fashionable guy, and then you, you kind of uh, woke up one morning in an empty shell of a man, wondering what, what had happened. Uh, so they got married. Uh, yeah, Madonna and Guy Ritchie, I wrote something else. Gosh, more on here. Uh, who else got married? Oh, Michael Douglas married Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's a year of weird marriages then, wasn't I, it? I had assumed that that was sometime, you know, in the 70s when Michael <laughs> Douglas married Catherine Zeta-Jones. When she was 11 years no, old. No, no, yeah, then, then you're looking at it going, well, maybe it was the 90s or the late 80s, and, then, and it was like, people, are they still married? Did she leave him? I can't remember. I, I think that. Is he still alive? <laughs> There's too many of the Douglases, isn't there? It's yeah. com- confusing with yeah. those guys. And they all look the same as well. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so um, M- Madonna was much fated and she was on TFI Friday. Do you remember going home to watch TFI Friday oh. on a Friday with Chris Evans? Yes. It was a good show. It was a good show, yeah. And, and um, again, something that you can't quite see being around at the moment well no in, they wouldn't to, be able to in today's pc the, age you know you say one thing wrong and you must be sacked yeah and it, it's like sean Ryder went on his blatantly <laughs> swearing at six o'clock in the evening well, no, just even the fact of they would sit there drinking beer there was a bar in the studio yeah. where they'd all be getting pints from while they were doing interviews <laughs> and stuff like that which uh, our version of that now is the one show I believe. Wow. <laughs> Rock on one show. Yeah, which, um, yeah, they uh, don't quite manage the same uh, extremes on a nice, I don't know, segment yeah. about goat herding or something <laughs> or whatever they might have on there now. But but you could make a show out of virtually nothing, Chris Evans, though. Yeah, a massive, great big star at the time, wasn't he? And, yeah, you're right, for his creativity in, yeah, within... The, the genre of like television or, or radio as well that he was massively yeah, involved in. I, I read his book and it's like there's a, there's a lot of Chris Evans I don't like, but then I, you know he's just a ginger specky kid from Warrington. Yeah, and he he had you know his his company was basically him, and it was valued at millions because of him. And you look at the, what are the assets of this company? Yeah, it's just Chris Evans and his personality, and that's all it is. And he had people coming round because he, he built up. Virgin, it's either Virgin Radio, whichever radio station it was, from nothing, uh, got a lot of finances on board with his positivity, and they yeah. gave him money and built it up. And then there were people begging to buy it off him for like multi millions of pounds. Yeah, yeah. And he just sat there in his office going, "No, I'm not selling it. No, I'm not selling it." And he's, then he's in his autobiography, he was just going, "What was I doing?" Well, <laughs> so, so two thousand was I don't know. Was it still quite? We were still quite laddish then. Oh, yeah, we? lad culture. We, it must have been still then that, yeah, Loaded would have still been around. Oh, yeah, that yeah. That sort of stuff. People bought magazines. Ladettes and, and everything <laughs> yeah. as well. We're but yeah, publishing we industry. We, we still, yeah, we there was still a celebration of that almost yobbish yeah. kind of behaviour, wasn't there? It, it was well, still I think kind it's, of acceptable. Well, it was James Brown who used to write a fanzine called Attack on Bazag, which is in Leeds, right. which is kind of a punk thing. And then he went down to London and he got onto this magazine. And the good thing about Loaded was it was writing about bloke stuff, but from a point of view which wasn't, you know, like GQ or anything like that. And it was funny stuff about 
let's go off and you know shoot some bears or something like yeah, that, yeah, or yeah. some crazy adventure of somebody who's gone to Peru to smoke fucking whatever they grow in the bushes yeah, yeah. in Peru. And the, the stories would come from an interesting angle. But as it kind of went on, it just became that the people writing it wanted to be the stars of the show. Sure. And it was all about how many lagers they could drink, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, sort of it, self-destruct. Self-destruction, so yeah. In those yeah, kind of environments, I guess. But it, and, you know, and then it's that whole thing of the ego of the main person who thinks they can turn the hand to anything. And then it's everybody's making it up as they go along. I think this is the... Yeah. Because I've met so many politicians, interviewed them, and just caught them out and said stuff, and he contradicted. And they look at the press man and go, oh, should I have said that? Yeah. And like, you're in charge of millions and you've got no real idea. You're just parroting stuff at me, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, I was going to And, and you've had that. that whole industry where people were making stuff up, people would throw money at them because they were positive, because they said, I can do this, everything's great. I just don't think Boris Johnson has got the thing to go cool Britannia. No. I, you know, it's just... Uh, it, it can fool some of the people some of the time, or whatever you say, not all the people all the time. Well, it's this stuff going in cycles as well, isn't it, really, as it, as it does. So it's kind of like there's some elements of 2000 which, like, completely... Almost like we're parodying it. We're yeah. trying to now. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's... Um, Back then, it was you could you could get away with that kind of ballsy. You know, yeah. Boris Johnson back in in two thousand was right for the Telegraph and writing. You know, just making shit up basically. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. And now he's oh, hang on, he's prime minister. Oh yeah, yeah, making shit up. Yeah, yeah. oh look. <laughs> But it's, it's just, it just works on the fact that I'll make to make up another lie tomorrow. I'll tell so many lies that they'll just forget and just go to get on with it. <laughs> so other other stuff we had was it's kind of the end of Britpop in a sense that Elastica finally brought out their second album, which was a flop. Uh, I don't know. Bless I, them. I yeah, thought the first Elastica that. album was fantastic, yeah, even yeah. though it did have the riffs of uh, No More Heroes on it and um, also various songs by Wire, <laughs> so, uh, which they, they had to pay money out. But I really liked Elastica, and then they got into heroin. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, they, they brought back another version of Elastica that the second album didn't really work at all. Um, so that was kind of the end of that. And then I remember hearing on uh, the radio The White Stripes, on the John Peel show, when he was still alive, obviously, and they had an album called De Stahl, which was uh, the first time I'd heard them. Yeah. And they, for me, took music totally back to the start again. Just grungy blues rock almost yeah I think it took me a bit I don't think I, I'd quite discovered them at that time I was too much into my British bands and stuff like that yeah. I think I was, I was still pretending it was like you know a few years earlier kind yeah. of thing you know 99 and that kind of thing and um, yeah amazing though. yeah amazing album listening back to it as well again it's one of those that you can sort of stick on at any time isn't it mm-hmm. and just be yeah this fits this works this is like relevant you know which is you don't you start looking at years and looking at all the music that was on and you just realise how much of music isn't relevant so that when <laughs> something still is 20 years oh, yeah, later yeah. it's uh, yeah it, it's yeah testament to like an amazing band obviously and the, the thing was with them then they spawned unwittingly a whole load of bands who were like no bass player yeah just some guy playing the guitar I mean we had white denim um, black mainly has white or black in the name yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it 
So there's all there's all sub genre of people like that. Um, so um, at the movies was Gladiator. Wow, what a what a great film! I've got to say it. Do you like it? Yeah, you yeah, hate okay. it. I, I didn't hate it. It was um, much parodied. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it it was. Yeah, but impressive again though for yeah. its time that's what we can't forget and and actually uh, I think if you see it when it like rolls up on ITV4 yeah. late at night these days it's still looks alright it's mm-hmm. not like you know the technology wasn't too bad back yeah. then it wasn't completely different to looking at something from the 80s comparing it yeah, to, yeah. to the 2000s that 20 years that's the thing. Do, you, do you go for the, the CGI and the technology because everything's a CGI now that's the thing isn't it yeah um, but but no yeah it, was that like the big smash then, that was, it? was, was the that big the... smash and it was like the return to the epic movie almost. yeah and the good thing about it do you remember that Bill Hicks routine I mean much, I love Bill Hicks go on where he was saying um, do you I mean, what is it with America? We put our old people in the care, in care homes. Do you want your old granny to breathe her last dying breath surrounded by strangers she doesn't know? Or do you want her to go to Hollywood and meet Chuck <laughs> Norris? Why are we bothering with CGI? Why don't, why don't we get terminally ill people in an action movie? Hey, and roll them. Hey, Granny's going to meet Chuck Norris. Oh, Chuck kicked Granny's head clean off her shoulders. <laughs> and the good thing about the, to parody that was that Gladiator actually used amputees right in some of the fight scenes. <laughs> so somebody where like getting his to leg, save some money. leg shots yeah. off is actually an amputee. <laughs> and it's like work a genius by Ridley Scott. Yeah, uh, yeah. or <laughs> these days is that too sick? Yeah, I don't, well. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, but it, it was a much parodied film, and it, I think it, it worked as an epic, and um, you know, also works on all sorts of elements. And yeah. if, if you if you ever get to go to Rome, it's worth wandering out into the Colosseum. I was there. Yeah, a, yeah just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, it's still there. Everyone yeah. listening in the year two thousand, still I'm still allowed to go, but yeah. I just went just in time. <laughs> Use that uh, passport yeah. for the final time. Now we've all thrown our yeah. passports onto the onto yeah. the coal fire that we had just started. Um, and no, it is is still there. I thought it wasn't the first thing I thought about when we went to the Coliseum. Obviously, it wasn't Ridley Scott. I do apologise. Um, but no, I, I recall it being an epic. But you know, I was still I was you yeah. know still trying to be mega cool back then, wasn't oh, I? So okay. I was sort of that was a bit too. A bit uh, too mainstream for me uh, right. to be getting into Gladiator, really. So were you still watching Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels a and that bit, kind of a thing? A bit of that and a spot on your list there, American Psycho. Yeah. Amazing, brilliant yep. film. Well, I was amazed that they managed Amazing, to make... brilliant book as well. Managed obviously. to make a film out of that book, which yeah. is basically somebody's mind. Yeah. It's like you're reading the book going, is this guy real? What's going on? Yeah. Is he actually thinking this? And, you know, and he casually goes, yeah, yeah, so I murdered this prostitute. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's, it, it is a good film. It's, it was almost unfilmable, I thought, as, as a story. Yeah. In, yeah, I mean... The, no, the, no, where's the story, you know? Yeah, the, 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 it's Chuck, isn't it? Chuck Polaniak. Is that right? Is that one of his? Brett Easton Ellis. Brett Easton Ellis, of course, it is. I always get those yeah. <laughs> mixed up. Um, yeah, Brett Easton Ellis, like, amazing book, of course it is. And, yeah, you're right, you read that and you're like, how the hell will this transfer yeah. it into film? 
but um, no, I, I, I thought that was fantastic to be honest with you it sort of gets the not too often a book goes across is it to film and it sort yeah. of seems to get it and, and fit the chaos if, of if it. it it's like if you read the book there's an entire chapter about how much he likes Phil Collins yes the central yeah. character and it's like <laughs> this is he's the genius or, or it's like this guy must be mad yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> It, it was like the parody of like everything is like the, the plasticated white soul of Phil Collins or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. So American Psycho was was a hit, but not one to take your granny to. And Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Was was that the first of a genre or a genre that we didn't know about? Because <laughs> it's like these people were so good at karate and everything that they could actually slow down time. Yeah. I, again, I, not something I was... I don't think I was frequenting the cinema too much mm. back then to be honest with you but again obviously like fully aware of yeah the again the the um, hype that there was yeah. around that and the sort of the technicality of the film and everything as well very much like Gladiator was you know with their, their CGI lions yeah. and tigers yeah. and what and whatnot um, in there as well yeah massive great big film um, but no, for me, yeah, it was a, I don't know, interesting time with movies as well, because you, like, you look down the list of 2000, there was big stuff, but we're, we're not talking all-time greats, are we? We're not no, saying no. that there's anything that's going to, you know, stick in the... First instalment the of the X-Men came out, and it's like, it wasn't until years later that I even got a handle on them, because I never read the Marvel comics, right. that, that I even thought that that was a, a thing that could be cool or anything I just thought oh this is just some stupid cartoon nonsense yeah, yeah. then you, you kind of get into it because my kids are into it now so I've, I've sort of been forced to watch them and so you know then you, you kind of get it you, you kind of get into their gang you know you're into, you're into all of that it, it, yeah those kind of films they are kind of the fans of them seem to be people that are in the gang aren't they they get yeah. the, the backstory and the, the history of it kind of thing you know mm. and I just try and dip into stuff and you know well who's who's mistakenly asked someone oh who's that guy and yeah. you get the 20 hour explanation of their <laughs> their real their real life time story yeah but, but he really is this but he was in that and he yeah. passes over and he's into the other movie as well yeah I, and you have to stay in the cinema for 10 minutes after the credits <laughs> to see what's what's the what's the you know throw forward to the next movie yeah yeah and all, and all, all that sort of thing because you know that Reading those comics was something I never did. No, no. I was probably more when when I was at school reading Shoot magazine there and you go. Um, yeah. probably the the Beano or um, stuff like that. Yeah, Beano Shoot and then into Enemy and those kind of bits. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Enemy. Yeah, those, 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 those comics, inky in newspaper that you had to dash out to buy every week yeah. oh. to see what record you should buy on a Saturday afternoon. You know, see what gigs you should go to. Yeah, as well. yeah. And because um, we, we used to be able to read in the year two thousand, yeah, well, didn't we? Yeah. With it not on a on a screen, I know. And you could have a list, and you could just see what was on in your town. Oh my god! Rather than having to look through Ticketmaster and this yeah. and that, and yeah, and twenty four. I just want a definitive list. What's on in Manchester? You yeah, know? I will go there. I will not pay a surcharge or a booking no. fee to go to this gig. I will just go there and buy a ticket. Yeah, I mean, I went to the Ritz last night, so. The Interrupters, great band from America. They didn't sell out, so I managed to get a ticket. I was amazed. But then, you know, there's £3 surcharge and another £2 on top for the other surcharge yeah. for a ticket which I then picked up at the venue. 
And I'm like, where? It's got like eight quid. Eight quid printed on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I've actually got here and you haven't done anything, but you've managed to put a surcharge on it. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful venue, love the Ritz, you know, and then it's £5 for a pint of lager. Yeah. And um, it's like, thanks. And, and sorry, and tickets are on sale currently for the Western Street yeah. Comedy Festival. <laughs> are, there, are there any surcharges on that? Oh, there's uh, surcharges, there's yeah. dame charges, hand, handling fees, charges, you name it. And hand, how, do you, how do you charge a fee for handling a ticket? Ooh. Do you think it's going to levitate into the envelope? <laughs> These hands are very delicate, Roland. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so hand, handling tickets is, a, is a, always a surcharge. Um, booking fee, whatever that was. Oh, I pressed a button. Ooh, yeah, booking. well, that's for, that's for a third party to make some money out of it, isn't it, for the and, platform? Um, but postal fees and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we're, we're just about... Um, uh, Pick the bones out of the year two thousand. Well, I think we've covered it. Yeah, pretty. Uh, so, n- what, what, do th- what do you think? We've got we've got um, we've got some decent music and some not so great music. We we had an optimistic time. We did, <laughs> and um, there's one thing we haven't mentioned. If you throw yeah. in at the end, which did change the world, which was Big Brother starting oh in two thousand. Oh my god! So it did actually. That probably more than politics, more than music, more than anything else in all seriousness, has probably changed our culture and the way that we feel a need to take entertainment yeah. like in the year 2020 more than anything else that would have happened yeah. during that time. That was when, on that first episode, there was all the scandal about Nasty Nick. Oh, and, right. and this this is how much the world has changed. Was he in the first series at Nasty He was, Nick? yeah. Oh, so right. Nasty Nick, there was a scandal because he got hold of a pencil and was writing some things yeah. on some small bits of paper. I mean, that constituted a scandal in reality TV in those days. You are back with Big Brother. Now, there are the housemates behind me. And for them, life under the lens goes on as usual. And in accordance with the rules of the show, either Craig or Nicola will be voted out within the next 60 minutes. But you've probably noticed one housemate is missing. His name, Nicholas. Yesterday was another extraordinary day in the history of Big Brother. So where were you when you heard that Nick had been kicked out of the house? And were you one of the six million people watching at midnight last night? Now, in case you missed it, here's how Nick was rumbled. On Wednesday night, the house members began to suspect that Nicholas had been scheming against them. Why were you instigated to vote against me? Uh, I was. Was you? Goodbye. Uh, Nick has a habit of writing things down. What did you say? Caroline and Nicky. Darren decided to search Nicholas's suitcase for evidence. Craig and Mel. Don't don't go out there. Say a minute. Craig and Mel. The group waited until the following morning then confronted Nicholas. I'm quite positive I've got evidence uh, that you're plotting a a very dirty plan on everybody in here to vote against each other and steer it divert from you. I mean, fast forward 20 years and people are doing stuff with champagne bottles and trying to murder each other and claims of racism and... (laughs) You know, every, everything else that you can imagine going on, and, and that's what they need to do to shock people these days, you know. In, well, in yeah, the, the, thing, the thing was, I mean, he was like, people didn't know whether he was a plan or whether he was trying to wind people up or what he was doing. 
and then he, he was all over the papers when we used to read papers and he got a book deal and and, all, and then suddenly I think the, the penny dropped the Big Brother changed from being a social experiment yeah. people laughed and went who would want to watch people sitting there in a the house yeah you call it reality TV. Well, why don't you just look out of the window? Why yeah. don't you walk down the street and talk to someone? This is never going to catch on. It's like George Orwell's experiment, and yeah. it, it it totally flipped what it, what people thought it was and became this phenomena where everybody realised all I have to do is get on TV. I can be famous. I don't need a job. Yeah, and I'll get my own perfume brand or whatever. You know. But, yeah, yeah. Because you know the, the people worship the, this Kardashians thing. I just look at it and go. You know, there's a sector of society that worships those people. I'm just like, if they all died tomorrow, I would just celebrate. Yeah, because um, I, I think there's why do why do people look up to them? I, th- I think because we're like I say, we like a, a obsessed with what people are up to, with gossip, with news tidbits, scraps of other people's yeah. lives, and. Especially, so people want to see one of two things, don't they? They want to either see people whose worlds are so alien to their own that it's kind of fascinating because of that. Yeah. It's almost a like, wow, what would I do if I was the most famous person in the world yeah. or could afford this or could go here, yeah. could go there? Or you want to see people like you but behaving outrageously, so like people similar to you, but yeah. almost in a way that you can go my life's not great but at least it's not as shit as their life is mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind yeah. of one extreme to the other you have to go to the the either end of the spectrum to kind of get anyone mm-hmm. to notice you so very much in terms of um yeah big brother back then in 2000 was a this is a social experiment that was how it was yeah. portrayed of how will people if they're locked in the confines of a house how will they relate with each other? You know what? Yeah. What what groups will develop from that? Well, let's look at or who is becoming a strong personality and leading now because oh, he, yeah. he's doing things like this around we the dinner it was table, be like Lord of the Flies or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. And then, and you know we we someone got chucked out because they I can't remember what it was. I should have checked it. But he wrote something incomp. You know, it meant nothing. It meant nothing, yeah. this little thing. Scribbled on a piece of paper with, like, the nib of a, a pencil that is it, smuggled in yeah, under a toenail or something like that. Yeah. And and it became this... You know, he was vilified, one of the most hated people yeah. in the country at the time for, how dare you, I suppose you know, I've, abuse this position of power. Yeah, I've, I've invested my position watching reality and now you've broken my trust in yeah. you. Yeah, you know, it, 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 you know and, and fascinating to think, like, where that has come and what that you know that genre that kind of way of looking at media and consuming news and it's just changed everything because so much of what we watch now is from that seed that was planted back then oh yeah I mean that's the thing I mean that I've worked with a guy every day because did you see the SAS program SAS undercover or training yeah. people or whatever and I suppose that's a bit like it and there must be people sat around TV companies going what can we get celebrities to do so it's either yeah. you've got to get a celebrity to do something or try and make somebody into a celebrity Yeah, and it's just oh. or, or destroy someone yeah, yeah. go to the other end right? Do, we're, absolutely we're, kill them we've got two options it's a program about making someone or it's a program about destroying someone yeah. where are we 
hey, if we can do both, then brilliant. <laughs> Let's mix it up. And yeah. Try, try and do something with both. Um, yeah, that, that um, has obviously spawned numerous celebrities since then, hasn't it? But, um, yeah. But, uh, I think Massive well, fame for the year 2000. Was, yeah, was that but I think it, it's a weird kind of fame when these people were famous for two weeks while they were in the house mm. and everybody in the country had seen them. As soon as they got booted out, they were like, everybody was talking about them. They had no idea what had been seen about them, yeah. what had been edited out about them. Yeah. They had no clue. And then they were suddenly like, am I famous? And people gave them about a weekend. Yeah. You know, they started off being famous for three weeks, then it was two weeks, one week. Then it was a weekend. It's like, oh, I've come out of the Big Brother house. And people were like, yeah who are you yeah, and they were um, still sort of like I'm famous and imagine having to go back to your day job oh well, well, I don't you, think going, don't, I'm famous and or, going, or doing a guest MC spot at a nightclub in yeah. Stoke-on-Trent or yeah, something like that on a, a wet Tuesday night at the Students Union or something you know yeah. just to say ex-celebrity or something on the poster um, yeah it, it, it's difficult it, and, and now 20 years later we're now actually looking at what does this do to people psychologically yeah. and mentally? How have we damaged people with <laughs> with what back then was looked at so innocently as a, oh, what an interesting social experiment. The social experiment wasn't that first episode. It was like the next 20 years of, <laughs> of that programme being on was what they wanted to look at, really. Yeah. Oh, aren't, aren't we all in a reality show in our own little minds? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Maybe yes, maybe no. So uh, we'll sum it up. The year two thousand, good bits. What do you think good, good bits were? Um, uh, Harold Shipman, yeah. Um, Tony Blair, just sort of being about, not giving a shit. Did he really? He didn't care. Um, you know, and looking back, uh, I'm glad England went out of the football tournament. To be honest with you, so good on you, Phil Neville. You did a cracking job, mate. Yeah, he didn't get a hopes up too far. Anyway. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to go for oh we had uh, one thing I forgot to mention was the the earthquakes in, we had earthquakes in Manchester and everybody thought it was Man City's new ground being built like <laughs> the beer the bang or something. yeah that all spikes for yeah off. yeah all, <laughs> so we did, we'd have earthquakes in Manchester that was a strange thing um, I like the fact that um, Australia won all the gold medals at the Sydney Olympics but then got caught out for drug cheating yeah and then they went through a because you know, Australia was like really you know we're cool we're bullish we're bullying and then went oh national morning <laughs> that was the thing I did like Gladiator uh, and um, yeah I even liked a bit of Radiohead and Coldplay other stuff um, yeah it, the Millennium Dome wasn't my favourite thing I'll put it that way <laughs> it, it was a, an amazing year in terms of just the excitement and passion and looking to yep. the future that new beginning um, have we achieved all that we hoped that we would in the last 20 years no. let's not answer that question no, no. <laughs> and um, yeah and uh, now a new beginning again <laughs> again again in the year 2020 <laughs> when people things are mirroring it in completely the opposite way exactly that so it's just like the year 2000 is negative. There we go. <laughs>